0: It's our prayer that this message from God's Word will deeply impact your life. Good morning. Oh, lovely, lovely, and good morning to those who are watching online. Uh, my name is Daniel. I am the Milton Campus Pastor uh, with my wife, Rachel, and our little, almost one-year-old son, Noah, who's just about to walk, and it's just the most exciting time right now, um, The other pastors are away. The other pastors are away, so you know what they say. When the cat's away, the mice come out to play. So let's have some fun. Okay, yeah, all right. Have you ever noticed the pattern, the pattern of childhood? The pattern of childhood. Tell me if this sounds familiar. When you are young, mom and dad know everything. In fact, you are so convinced of this that you are willing to argue with your friends over this. Who's wiser, who's stronger, you know, my dad is stronger than yours, my dad's wiser, my mom's wiser than, right? That was the pattern when we were kids. When you were a teenager, mom and dad know nothing. They know absolutely nothing. You don't want their advice because clearly they weren't teenagers at least not in this century. And so they just don't understand, so you avoid them. When you become a young adult, though, something changes. You found out your parents are brilliant, right? I remember as a young adult feeling pretty confident in myself until I moved out. Then I started learning about things like mortgages and rent and uh, RRSPs and RESPs, and here I thought it was just a Motown song, right? I'm, I'm learning all these new things. And, and so, what you realize in those moments is that you need the wisdom that they have. So, today we're starting a new series called Uncommon Sense Simplified Living in a Complex World. More specifically, today I want to talk about wisdom. I want to talk about wisdom and the search for wisdom. So if you've got your Bibles, open them up uh, to uh, Proverbs 1, 1 to 6. And, And just before I begin, let me get started by giving you a little context into the book of Proverbs. At this time in history, many of the young people had left the homes, had left those family homes, and were now in Jerusalem because of all the construction that was going on. And based on the traditions that they had, what would happen is the family would pass on the tradition to their kids. But because now the kids were away constructing all of uh, Solomon's, uh, King Solomon's buildings, they were unable to do that. So what ended up happening was people like King Solomon and other scribes began to write down the collective wisdom of the culture of that day. So that it could be passed on to the young people uh, who are away and in need of instruction and wisdom to guide their day to day big decisions. Which actually makes us beg the question what is guiding us in our day to day big decisions? What is guiding us today? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it your coworkers, uh, social media? Is it those cool little uh, um, fortune cookies that you can get, right where you find out on the inside, and you're like, "Wow, this is totally me," you know? Is it stuff like that? Is it is it money? Is it power? Is it peer pressure? What is guiding you today? And this is why the book of Proverbs uh, becomes so handy for each one of us today. It's a daily practical wisdom that's concerned about how you live your life. As Eugene Peterson puts it, he says, It helps us to live on earth as it is in heaven in our everyday living. So let's begin. Proverbs 1, 1 to 6. For understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So right off the bat, we can see that the book of Proverbs is for every one of us. It doesn't matter your age or your stage in life. This book is for you. This book is a source of wisdom for you on how to thrive in life. In fact, it's not only a source of wisdom, but it actually gives us insight into the source of wisdom, which we find in the following verse. Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Let me say that again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In other words, you've got to start with the fear of the Lord. To be wise is having a healthy understanding of fear. The idea that whether we choose to believe it or not, we are completely dependent on God for everything. And this includes knowledge and wisdom. He is the source of it all. And this fear implies a sense of respect and, and awe, and, and even terror, which moves us away from an attitude of pride into an attitude of humility. You know, often um, we can think that, you know, Jesus is a friend, and, and he is. But sometimes we can neglect the fact that he's God, that he's Savior, that he's Redeemer, that he's Lord, that he's Creator. that he's got the whole world in his hands. And so we have this reverent fear of him and yet this fear is conjoined with things like love and and hope and and freedom and, and wholehearted devotion that comes with a personal relationship with a God that absolutely loves you and wants you to know him so that he can help you live out the best life possible. And if we skip this point, if we skip the point of the fear of the Lord being the start of knowledge, you'll miss the whole point of this life. In fact, the Bible says, it says that fools despise wisdom and instruction. You'll turn away and pursue other things that claim to be wise or or claim to know it all, or you'll just shrug it off and look to your own wisdom. It actually reminds me of a a story uh, six years ago. I had decided to go go go-karting with my junior highs at the time, and these kids are anywhere between uh, 11 to 15 years old. And I thought, hey, what could go wrong? Well, to be honest with you, if you have to ask yourself that question, chances are there are a lot that can go wrong. So anyways, we get to the racetrack to go go-karting, and uh, all the kids are excited, and when we get there, they, get, they start to give us brief instructions uh, on how to drive the go-karts, after a brief lesson, I decided to let the younger students go first. They were the ones who were wide-eyed and excited. They were, they were really pumped, and, and they had never driven before. You know, and eventually a person signals for everyone to start the race, and like an extremely slow rocket ship, boom, they were off. And as a youth pastor, I was so proud of them. Until the first turn. Some of them turned, it was good. I was was impressed, some of them turned. And then there were two. (laughs) For some reason, and I still don't know why, they didn't slow down but instead they continued going straight on, not even turning in the slightest. And I remember thinking to myself, it's okay, the tire barrier will stop them. Nope, those tires went flying. And I thought to myself, it's okay, the grass will slow them down. Nope, went over that grass. And finally, I thought to myself, it's okay, it's just a job, I can pastor somewhere else. eventually they slowed down and they, they stopped because of a giant hill that they weren't able to get over. And I run over to them and I was like, what are you doing? Why didn't you, why didn't you stop? Why didn't you, you know, slow down or at least try to avoid the danger? And they looked at me and they said, well, we, we weren't even listening to the instructor at the beginning. You know, I actually don't think they even knew where the brakes were. Because it seemed like they were just getting faster every time they hit something. You know, why do I, why do I say this to you? Well, I, I say this because I think we actually do this a lot in life. We disregard key important facts of life and try to figure it out all on our own. We kind of just shrug it off as if there's no consequences to our choices or the way we live. You know, and it, it's not knowing that you can't understand this life completely. Or your purpose fully. Without knowing the most fundamental truth. About this life. Is that it's his creation. God is at the center Of it all. You know, I think someone who had a good grasp on this at the beginning stages of his life was Solomon, King Solomon. You see, at this point, Solomon had just taken over the kingdom of his late father, David, who was a great king in the eyes of Israel. Solomon would have heard all these inspiring stories about his father's bravery and victories in battle, how he defeated giants and played wonderful music and wrote incredible lyrics, how he ruled a a nation with strength and with courage, and yet at the same time was known as a man after God's own heart. And now Solomon has taken over the kingdom, and is probably feeling pretty insecure at this moment. He doesn't have the credentials like his dad. He's not a fighter like his dad. He's not a musician like his dad. And now he's ruling a nation and not just any nation, God's chosen people. Can you imagine the peer pressure of all of this? Can you imagine the the pressure in all of this. But check this out. With this reverent fear of the Lord that Solomon has and knowing that God is the source of wisdom, one night in his sleep, God God met with Solomon in a dream and gives him the opportunity to ask for anything he wants. Imagine you had that opportunity to to literally just say, I want this, and you would get it. This is what God gives to Solomon. And above money and above fame or power or any of these things, Solomon chooses wisdom. And he chooses wisdom so that he can govern the people well and know the difference between right and wrong. And the Bible actually tells us in 1 Kings 5.12 that the Lord gave Solomon wisdom just as he had promised. And now with this wisdom that was passed down from God the Father to Solomon and over, uh, over hundreds of generations has now been passed on to you and to I. And it is readily available for each one of us. But this wisdom isn't just something we read or hear about. It is actually something that we can experience and can ask for personally from God. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously he gives generously without finding fault. In other words, God gives wisdom generously to everyone who asks without making you feel foolish or without making you feel guilty. You remember when you were a, a kid and you would have the audacity to ask for literally anything. It didn't matter if it was the craziest thing, right? Or or the or the biggest thing. You you just Wanted to ask because you knew that your parents could provide for it. This is exactly, that is exactly what God says to be like with wisdom. And he promises to give us the necessary wisdom we need. It may not always be what we want to hear, but it's what we need to hear. It's practical. It's good And it actually makes us more like Jesus. Which is why I actually think that the best mentors in the world for our children and for our families are in this room. There are those of you who are listening online. There are those of you who are in our churches and especially in our homes. Let me say this. There is no one that will have more influence on your child than you. And they need to see that influence in their in your devotional life, in your marriage, your worship, in your singleness, in your dating, in your relationships, and in your day-to-day living. Because if we aren't passing on godly uh, wisdom to our children, who else will? Probably someone we don't want to. And that's why it's so important that we journey together as a church family so we learn from the collective wisdom of each other. We need God. And we need each other. And we can do this together. Glory to God. I remember hearing a, a, a story about a man named Larry Walters, who was a truck driver from Southern California, who in 1982 had the idea to fill 45 weather balloons with helium and attach it to his Sears lawn chair. For ballast, he put water jugs, Uh, around the chair to keep him level, and had a BB gun just in case he got too high. (laughs) With him, he packed simply a sandwich, a parachute, his radio, and a beer. Everything's making sense right now up to this point. As the cord snapped, the safety of the the ground, uh, he shot up over 16,000 feet into the air. And he shot up near an L.A. airport where two airliners spotted him. Can you imagine that radio into the airport? Uh, We've got some uh, what appears to be uh, debris. What does it look like? Uh, It looks like... Big circus balloons, right? like it must have been crazy for this to be observed and seen and after about forty five minutes, Walters got up the courage to shoot a couple of the outside balloons that would help him descend into the into the uh, into the earth and uh, in the process, he actually dropped his BB gun doing so, yeah. Eventually, he landed, though, near a bunch of power lines. Even better. And uh, as he hopped down, he was met by the LAPD (laughs) and some reporters who asked him, why would you do such a foolish thing? And he simply looked at them, straight-faced, and said, he said, a man can't just sit around. (laughs) So why am I telling you this story? Why am I telling you this story? Because wisdom will not put you 16,000 feet in the air in a lawn chair. That's why I'm telling you this. You know, some of you parents in the room are like, this is my child in 20 years, right? Like, you're panicking right now, okay? And some of you kids are in the room, that is so cool. You know, that's awesome. Well, if any of you are concerned about this story that I said, my name is Pastor Doug Rind. You can email me at DougRind at PorticoCanada.ca. And my alter ego is Rick Carroll. You can call, yeah, contact me there as well. Feel free. I will take all emails and phone calls. But kids, it's a terrible idea. Don't do that. Don't do that. You see, there are actually benefits to Wisdom. There are benefits to wisdom. Proverbs 1.3 says, uh, it's for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. Wisdom is one of God's ways of protecting your life. Let me say that again. Wisdom is one of God's ways of protecting your life. It's practical advice with a moral compass. Wisdom is practical advice with a a moral compass. It moves us away from bad decisions toward good choices that will benefit and bless your life. Today, you know, it, it seems like we're a society that's always on. We're always on. We have the internet and the world at our fingertips, so we never shut down, we never get away. In fact, this new and upcoming generation is the first generation ever that doesn't need help to find information. They just Google it, or they ask Siri. As a result, they're highly influenced by social media, which is why we see an overwhelming number of kids with stress with anxiety, depression, and poor mental health. They need help, but they don't know where to turn to. They need God, but they don't even know who he is. He's actually not even on their radar. And with all this knowledge and information at our fingertips, how do we even know what's right or wrong anymore? What some would think is, common sense is now uncommon and doesn't make sense. And I don't know about you, but it seems like there is a giant chasm between information and wisdom. We have knowledge, but what we need today is wisdom. We have knowledge, but what we need is wisdom. I have learned in my short life, I have learned that without the wisdom that God gives, I am capable of terrible things. But with his wisdom, I am capable of extraordinary things. Today, without godly wisdom, we are capable of terrible things, but with godly wisdom. You are capable of extraordinary things. We need wisdom to help us filter through all this information that's coming our way. Now, don't get me wrong. Knowledge is important, but there's a big difference between knowledge, which is having the facts, and wisdom, which is applying those facts. You know, a person can be very knowledgeable, extremely knowledgeable, but without wisdom, it's actually useless. I once heard someone say, knowledge can be memorized, but wisdom must think things through. We need to start thinking things through because it's affecting this next generation. You know, this world that they're in, the things that they're going through and experiencing, they didn't vote on this. We did. And so we need to be intentional and think things through. And wisdom will help us to use the knowledge we've received correctly. Ecclesiastes 7.12 says that wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this, wisdom preserves those who have it. In verse 19, it says that wisdom makes one wise person more powerful than ten rulers in a city. What Solomon is saying here is that wisdom and money are both powerful resources and benefit us, but it's only wisdom that can save us. And this is because wisdom can be there for you in the best of times and the worst of times. It's not absent from trials. In fact, it's a tool to help you overcome those trials. And the wisdom you have gained for this, from this, please pass it on to others. Isaac Newton once said, If I have seen further, it is because I have stood on the shoulders of giants. Friends, you are that potential giant for someone else who needs the wisdom that you have received from God. And if you don't have that giant, seek that person out and find good, godly, wise counsel. So continue to learn and grow in wisdom Continue to read your Bible. Continue to spend time doing your, your life journals that we do as a church together. Continue meeting together on Sundays and throughout the week. Continue meeting in your growth groups. Continue to learn and grow and spend time in prayer. To shut shut down for a little bit and spend time in solitude with God, who's more than happy to speak and to share. Use this time. Continue to share and ask for godly wisdom because what you're asking for is to be more like Jesus, which is something that we've been called to uh, imitate, not just appreciate. Wisdom is only beneficial when practiced. So let's not just stand around doing nothing. Let's practice, practice, practice. In 1970, Uh, Max Born, one of the brilliant minds of the 20th century, who was actually a close friend of Albert Einstein, passed away. But in an interview before uh, his death, Born said, I'd be happier if we had less scientists with brains, less brains, and more wisdom. Friends, the benefits of wisdom are astronomical, which is why we need to join in in the pursuit of of wisdom. Proverbs 2 1 to 6 says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will find understanding and the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. C.S. Lewis once said, No great wisdom can be reached without sacrifice. No great wisdom can be reached without sacrifice. When you truly pursue wisdom, it means you are making a conscious choice to walk away from something else. The pursuit it isn't based on emotions it's based on your commitment and in the pursuit of wisdom it will change you you will find self-worth rather than self-centeredness you will find joy rather and joy and peace rather than misery and chaos and most importantly and most importantly and catch this what i'm saying If you search for wisdom, most importantly, it will lead you to God and help you to see life through his perspective and through his love. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Come near to God and he will come near to you which is at the very heart of God, a desire that you would pursue him just as he's been pursuing you your entire life. And that in this closeness, you would know him more and walk in the wisdom that he gives so generously, so freely, and with such kindness. In closing, in the book, the magician's nephew the author poses an interesting thought. He says, for what you see and hear depends a good deal on where you are standing. It also depends on what sort of person you are. So let me ask you today, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What kind of person are you? And what kind of person do you want to become? It only takes one one decision to eternally change the trajectory of your life. So choose God, choose godly wisdom to be the foundation of which you build the rest of your life on, starting today. Let's pray. If you're here right now and you're in need of wisdom, godly wisdom, if you're in need of of giants in your life to guide you and and help you, as I'm praying here, I would just ask that you would raise your hand just as a sign of of needing prayer, needing wisdom in this moment. If that's you, please raise your hand and I'd love to pray with you right now. Father, I just thank you for everyone in this room and online. I pray, Lord, that... um, They would receive godly wisdom for what's going on in their life, Lord. We know that there's a lot. There are a lot of trials. There's a lot of temptation and a lot of struggles that we encounter in this life. And what you have given us, apart from just peace and your love, is wisdom. And so I pray, Lord, that they would have the tools and the wisdom necessary to overcome this trial, that they would have the wisdom to know where to go, Father, that those giants would would be revealed in their life, that they would be able to see further than they've ever seen before because of the wisdom that you give so freely, so generously, And so, Lord, I pray as we leave this place, Lord, that the wisdom that they would have would be so evident as they leave this room, that they would know what to do, what to say, where to go, how to live, and how to love. We need your wisdom, God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.